1: Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix, today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Lecture 19, John 2, 1-12, through 12, The Gospel is Grace.
0: We're definitely excited about what's happening. We've been doing pretty really good, so I'll catch you up with a good intro, and I'm excited about this lesson. Now, I'm always excited to teach and preach God's Word. Well, well, maybe not always. Sometimes uh, life gets in the way, and you, you're unprepared, or, or, or you, you, you know you can walk inside the church and not feel so churchy one day. Amen, amen. amen. Every day we come in the Lord's house is a good day. But every day we come in the Lord's house, we're not having a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. 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 So, so most of the time I'm excited to preach God's word. Sometimes I have to preach through pain in order to get in. Those are the best messages that ever come out. Amen. Those are the best messages. Best, best, but I'm excited today because I was so excited last week when I was doing it that I was trying to get here, but the spirit kind of slowed us down. But this is like one of the greatest lessons I've ever taught. I've taught it before, but um, a tad bit differently. Now it's sitting inside the middle of this series. And so we've been discussing what is the gospel and what if, what would be the message of the New Testament if it only consisted of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So, and, and there's so many different things that we've been talking about. We've did five in Matthew, five in Mark, five in Luke. We've done now one in John, and now we're doing part two. We're still in the prologue. So John chapter one. We're still in the prologue. And I want to highlight something in this prologue. Last week I preached or I taught Jesus is the gospel. Now this week I wanna preach or teach grace is the gospel. Okay. And so we know Jesus is the word, but we also know. Uh, God is love and therefore we also know that that you can say God is grace or God gives grace either way today we're going to highlight what the gospel is it's grace is the gospel so let's point it out here in a few seconds start with me in John chapter 1 verse 19 I'm going to read from the English Standard Version and then I'm going to flip the John chapter 2 almost immediately and explain to you why something's in the Bible that doesn't seem to make sense but it makes plenty of sense. Excuse me. Chapter one, verse 19 says, and this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confess, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, him, what then are you, Elijah the prophet? I am not. So here we have it where John is being asked because he has so much great power, so much great following. He's baptizing people and people are already repenting and turning around. And because this is this is what he's doing in this baptism. He says, you know, you brood of vipers, He's doing all these things. And so John is denying that he is the Christ. But before we get to the denial of he is not the Christ, let's back up a little bit to verse 14. And we're going to explain to you what the Christ is. Is and so, or or what? What is also one of the crisis, crisis attributes? Verse fourteen, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So now we have this, this Word that we, which we explained last week, this Lagos is be this, this great central, the highest philosophy there ever is, there ever was, is now becoming are now living in the human experience. And this is what's so powerful about the gospel. The gospel is God becoming human so human can benefit from God. This is, this is, this is amazing. It's, it's important to understand that everything that you've gone through or you will go through, God went through it himself. So you can benefit in the worst situation that you've ever been in. Lord, have mercy. Right. Amen. And so let's continue to read. And we have seen his glory, glory as only the son from the father, full of grace and truth. Now we get into the picture. Now we get into it because because now see, John is writing this gospel um, generation, a generation after. Or a generation or two, depending on who you are, after Jesus has walked the earth, died on the earth, and has been risen from the earth, and now is in his earthly body, sitting at the right hand of the Father, still with holes in his hands and in his feet. So I need for you to hermeneutically place yourself inside this context. That means get out of the 21st century, and I need you to go back into 1st century A.D., And understand that when John says we have seen the glory, he's not saying about what I'm about to tell you. You've already heard and you've already seen this glory. And now I'm about to explain to you fully of what this glory is that you have seen and a lot of you have missed. And this is what John is saying. John says, so the word became flesh and He dwelt among us and we seen his glory. And watch how he describes what this glory is. The glory of the son of the father. I lost my spot. And so in the glory, we have seen his glory, the glory of the son of the father, full of grace and truth. And that's what I want to talk about today. Right. But but, but, but but I'm not done. I'm not at the shouting cue just yet. Right. So John says this this gospel, this truth, this This logos, this greatest philosophy that's ever existed, this greatest thing that ever has been is not only the son, not only the word, not only has it been made flesh, not only is flesh, but it is full of grace and truth and decided to live among us. All right. So let's let's see if we can paint this picture a little bit more. So not only is he full of grace and truth, then it says, and John bore witness about him and cried out. This was he whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. So here's John saying again, John saying because because you have to understand in this 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 hierarchy world that <clears throat> the one that comes first is the one that gets the glory, the power and the honor. Uh, let's see if we can say it this way. The firstborn son would get more of the inheritance than that of the second, third, and and, and subsequent sons. And so John is saying, you think I have power. Even though God sent me first, there's one coming behind me who is greater, but not because he's greater because he's coming behind me, but he's coming behind me, but he was born before me. Lord have mercy, right? See, even though I'm older than him in the flesh, He has been older than me since the beginning of time. And so now John is saying all of this gospel I'm getting ready to teach you already was the gospel before you ever knew it existed. This is powerful because here's what here's what John is explaining. And and I still haven't got to what I really want to get to. But here's what John is explaining. John's explaining this. God loves you so much that according to Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, specifically right here, according to John, God already delivered your salvation before you ever recognized salvation was what you needed. Because in order for Jesus Christ to be what the gospel is, in order for Jesus Christ to be the logos that was with God, was God and was also God. In order for Jesus Christ to be this full of grace and truth to come after John, but always existed before John. That means Jesus, excuse, that means God, the father already set your salvation in motion before you ever confess Jesus Christ. Amen. That's powerful. Let me listen. Let me see if I can take that out of church talk and put it into to your talk before you ever repent and get forgiveness. God has already extended it to you. Lord have mercy. OK, I'm not saying that everybody's getting in. What I am saying is clearly you have an opportunity to get in even when you too foolish to realize you want to get in. Your situation, your credit card bill, your, your, your anger, your, your alcoholism, your whatever, whatever ism you face has already been cut off at the head by Jesus Christ before you ever knew you struggled with it. So if you have any generational curses, if, you, if you're more pr- uh, prone to anger or prone to alcoholism or whatever that is because it came to you genetically, that's okay. Because before you ever had your genetics, Jesus Christ already was. Lord have mercy. Amen. And so the gospel has already been extended for us to us by him because he was the one who was in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And then John restates it again in his prologue that even though I came before him, he was already before me. Now here is the shouting part and I'm going to make something make sense in chapter 2. And so he comes before me, verse 16, from fullness, from his fullness, from, from, this, from Jesus Christ. He's not identifying him yet, but from, from this, from this lagos, from this word's fullness, from his fullness, we have all received, watch it, grace upon grace. Now watch this here. Because this is where we're getting ready to shop, but you don't know it yet. We have verse 16. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Watch it. Verse 17. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Here's what John is doing. John is saying, listen. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And this word not only loved you so much and God only loved you so much, but this word is going to have the human experience so you can one day have the God experience in the age to come. Don't miss what I just said. This word is going to take on your imperfection so you can die and become perfect with God. Let's see if I can say it another way. This perfect thing put on exactly what's wrong with you so you could become right with God. They say if I can say it in Eastern Orthodox way or theosis. God became man so man can become God, but not God as in theos, but little gods, right? Little G, perfection. And so basically, here's what John is saying. This man came before us, but he was never a man. He became a man, but he was always God. And in his fullness, we receive grace in truth. And then, watch verse, watch verse 16. Let me see if I can read it again for you. And we receive grace upon grace. Here's what that means. That you already had grace. And then he gave you grace on top of the grace you already had. Is that still in your Bible? Right? Grace upon grace. And then he explains what he means by that. In verse 17, he says, for the law, that's grace, was given by Moses. Mm. Okay, so, where one person who was the prophet, who spoke words directly from God, who saw God, and who God had a face-to-face relationship, even if Moses had to turn his face with, he gave the people grace. Okay, watch this here. Moses led the people out of slavery. Moses was the first leader of God's, people, where Jesus Christ now is the leader of God's people. He also has a face-to-face relationship with God because he is God, but not just that. Where Moses led them out of slavery, of Egypt, Jesus led us out of slavery from sin. Somebody should see where I'm going here, right? So where, where Moses gave us grace, how to get out of uh, physical bondage, how, how, how to, how to be okay with God with a sacrifice that you have to do, Jesus gave us grace on top of that. By giving us his sacrifice that we didn't even have to do. Somebody missed that whole thing right there. And so John is saying we have grace on top of grace of the grace that was already extended. Now, this is powerful. And now this is what 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 we're talking about today is grace is the gospel. If you only ever had John chapter one. If you've never had anything else, if you've never read the Bible, if you've never had anything past the New Testament, past John, if you never had anything before John, if you didn't even have John chapter 2, you know for sure that the gospel is Jesus Christ is the word. He was always the word. He was always God. And he came down here to live like us as peasants in order for us to live like him as king. Somebody missed what I just said. And then... If you miss anything else, if you never have anything else, you understand that God was so gracious. He already gave us something, but then he gives us something on top of something and we didn't even deserve it. That's exactly what's going on in this prologue. I haven't even got to verse 18 yet. But you have enough understanding about the gospel in John to understand that Jesus Christ was God up front by himself. This is why Billy Graham, of course, all of us remember Bill well. If, 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 if you're in your 30s or above, you remember Billy, Billy Graham. Right? <laughs> Amen. I don't know about people younger than that. But however, this is, so Billy Graham would hand out the Gospel of John and in Psalms, right? Because Psalms is personal prayers, right? But when people <coughs> have to ask, well, where do I start? Billy Graham would hand them the Gospel of John. Why? Because the Gospel of John is shallow enough for you to walk in, but deep enough for you to drown in. Lord have mercy. It's something about the Gospel of John in which the easiest person or a non believer can understand, but then it's so deep that you don't understand and you need it to be explained to you. I said that on purpose, so let's go to John chapter 2. So here's when we go to John chapter, I'm gonna make something that makes sense to you that you, you, and you just fit to laugh at it, right? And so, but here's the deal. In John chapter one, let me recap one more time because I I need you to catch it. Jesus Christ was God, is God, has always been God, was always before John, was always him and became us so we could become with him in the presence of God. Does that make sense? And he and God, before Jesus came on earth, already gave us grace in two different ways. He gave us grace by giving it, uh, giving it to us before time ever existed. The mere fact that God and before sin ever existed, there was grace. Let me let me prove this point. Oof. I like that. I just said that before sin ever existed, grace already existed. In the beginning was the word. And the word was God and the word was with God. And then John says, yes, I'm here, but there's one coming after me who was born before me. And therefore, in Genesis chapter one, the world was perfect. In Genesis chapter two, the world was perfect. And a portion of Genesis chapter three, the world was perfect. But I'm telling you, according to the gospel of John, in the perfect world, grace already existed. Lord, have mercy. And here's how grace existed. Because God didn't need to create man, but he did in the mere fact that he gave him life. Lamb and descendants is grace all in itself. Amen. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Right. And so before before there was ever sin, God was already extending us grace. That's powerful because God doesn't use grace to fix sin. Grace was already there and it happens to fix sin. Lord have mercy. OK. Right. So so check this out. You hear all that. And he and so he gives us grace one way by it already existed. And then he gives us grace another way, because when we sin, he uses grace to fix it. Amen. Amen. And that grace is the law. So this is grace upon grace. Now watch this here. John chapter two. Have you ever wondered why Jesus is making water into wine? Has it ever just struck you odd? Did, we, we get ready to end in the next seven minutes. Has that struck you odd? I mean, let's, let me come on. Let's 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 think about this for a second. We're talking about in the beginning was the word and John is doing a wonderful job. Orchestrating a great argument, a a theological treatise in which Jesus Christ is this awesome God that becomes man and, and he's one with the Father. And Jesus Christ turns around one chapter later. At a party, it makes water in a wine. This is, it's, there's something wrong with this story. It is, it, it, if, 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 if we was writing a movie, the, the, the director would say, hold on, something needs to go in between there. There's, there's something missing. You don't talk about how good God is and then talk about how drunk he can get you. Amen, right? So there's something missing. Have you ever wondered, like, why is this here? And then John goes out his way to let you know this was the first sign that Jesus Christ ever did. See, the Holy Spirit is so discerning that it doesn't want you to skip over stuff that's inside the Bible. And so John chapter 2 comes immediately after John chapter 1 because John is taking 1 and 2 and showing you how they go together and what I said in 1, I'm about to prove to you in chapter 2. Here's what happens. Jesus, let me give you the backdrop real quick. Jesus Christ is minding his own business and he tells his mother, listen, um, um, woman, it ain't even my time. To do what you're trying to make me do. Okay. Now, right there, we got theological implications. And Jesus Christ recognized he has power. His mother recognizes he has power. And the people need the party saved. Put that in air quotes. Jesus has the power to save it. And Jesus says, it's not my time to show what I can do. And doesn't that that seem to be a theme that's always repeated throughout the Gospels? He heals somebody and says, shh, don't tell anybody, it's not my time yet. And every time they try to force him to be the Messiah or the king, he flees from them and walks through them because he says, it's not my time yet. And so check this out. So now that Jesus Christ is saying, listen, it's not my time yet, let's break this down. Let's start at verse uh, 6, John chapter 2, verse 6. This is for the blow your mind. Now there were six stone water jars that were for Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, <coughs> fill the jars with water. And they were filled, and they filled them up to the brim. And he, and he said to them, now draw some out and take to the master of the feast. Now watch it. So they took it. Now here's what you need to understand what John is trying to get to. Verse 8. And when he said to them, now the master saw some, take." It, I mean, take it to the master to eat. Verse 9, excuse me. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, watch it, and did not know where it came from, though the servants had drawn the water new, watch what the master says. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone... Serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, the poor wine comes next. But you have kept the good wine until now, and watch what John says. This the first sign of Jesus did in Canaan and Galilee. Oh, let's 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 open this up and we gonna shout and we gonna end right here. I need you to understand that John just said a whole lot. And didn't even bother to explain it. First off, you need to understand that a wedding lasted a mighty fine long time. Our weddings, you know, we don't like to stand up all day. Please have the weddings 45 minutes. Pass it on be mm-hmm. too long. Hopefully I ain't got too many solos and praise dances that don't belong in a wedding. You understand what I'm talking about? Amen. 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 I wish I had somebody. Amen. Right? All this stuff, can we just have it? And then let's let's go eat and party. Let's let that be for five hours and clean up. Please put your chairs up and all that stuff so we can get out of here, get out with deposit back. Does that sound like a wedding 21st century? Drink. amen the weddings then lasted three four days lord have mercy and they drank merrily and so the master has no idea that jesus is on the scene lord have mercy he has no idea that the king has come and the king has power that impresses him and so john says the master the the bridegroom the, the person over this feast drinks this wine and has a revelation and let me just pause right there and let me let you know that Christianity is a revealed religion. That means, now there's some natural stuff about it you can get it in natural. You can, you can look at stars and understand that there has to be a God because this is just too pretty. But what you can't do is look at stars and know Jesus died on the cross. Amen. At some point, Jesus has to reveal that to you that he died for your sins. You can't get that by looking at a tree. Amen. You need to get that by getting in the book. And so the master says, Now, normally, all the good wine come first. And and, and while I'm too drunk to tell how how bad this wine is, you bring in this slappy wine next, and we can't tell the difference. But you, Lord have mercy. did Did you see the way John turns it? Just like a good preacher, he says, but you, you brought the good wine last. I thought we had good wine, and it was good. But the wine I got now is even better. And John says, putting these two together, remember I told you about that grace on top of grace and how it came through the fullness of the word? Well, the word is so powerful that even in your wine, what you thought was good, when Jesus put his hands on it, it gets better. And that is the gospel where Moses brought the law in. And where Moses gave us the word, Jesus gives us the intent of the word. Where Moses spoke it and did well, Jesus speaks it better. Where Moses delivered us from a physical slavery, Jesus releases us from spiritual slavery. Where the nation of Israel messed up is where Jesus succeeded. Everything Jesus touched was better than what the Lord had put out in the first place because he's not abolishing it. He's just making grace get on top of grace. Amen? And that is the gospel. To recognize, at least, well, this is a big part of it. This is why I love John so much to recognize that Jesus Christ is so powerful, so awesome, that God already had grace here. But then he decided to give you more than what you deserve on top of what you did not deserve just so you can benefit from what he deserves let me pray for you Lord thank you we appreciate you we bless you for a good revelation of your word let us let us enjoy our grace upon grace because in the words of Pastor Temple the devil wants us to just mumble and complain and we can not have both grace on top of grace and complaining on top of complaining one of them has to lose in the mighty name of jesus amen
2: when the pandemic began i had the biggest problem in the world not making money the pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire i came really close so the pandemic was a blessing it was hiring people and get this everybody i had 48 job positions open during the pandemic $22 by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I i t e r ziprecruiter. dot com slash b two b, and I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ziprecruiter. dot com slash b two b. It's also in the show notes.